0: With this week's press luncheon audio, you're going to hear from outside linebacker Derek McCartney, running back Philip Lindsay, and head coach Mike McIntyre. All
1: right, guys, we're going to start with Derek McCartney here. same, but is the reality or some losses tougher to get over than others and does Saturdays fall into that
2: category? Um, you know, it's, it's always tough to lose a game and, um, and when, you, when you lose a consecutive in a row, it gets a little tougher every time, but uh, just something my grandpa always taught me was that you can't let people get too high in the highs and too low in the lows and uh, you just got to keep moving forward and that's what we're going to do. We're going to come together as a team and, and we're going to do great things.
3: Derek, from an individual perspective, from watching some film, it looks like you're really starting to get back to the form you were showing last year before you got hurt. you feel real good right now?
2: Yeah, I, I have been doing a lot better since the beginning of the season, and, and really I'm just trying to improve uh, every game. So uh, as long as I'm doing that, I'm doing better.
1: Is there a sense of redemption this week for the defense, wanting to redeem yourselves after Saturday's polls?
2: I mean, absolutely. Um, we're not proud of how we played um, as a team uh, defensively last week, and we definitely need to get better, and we will get better.
0: When you see a big back like uh, Ryan Nall, and I think he, they said he might play this weekend, do you like that kind of uh, challenge to see a guy that that big coming out of the back
2: to? Yeah, it's fun. You know, when you get to play against someone big and strong and, and physical, it's, it's fun. Like That's why you play football, because you like to hit people, and that's what it's about, so it's fun.
3: Is it when you watched film of Saturday's game, did it come down to we just didn't tackle? Is that what you took away from the game?
2: Sometimes it was just missed tackles and sometimes it was a a missed execution of certain calls.
1: So Phil came off a career-high 41 carries. I don't know if you saw him in the locker room after, but just a sense of how his performance may have resonated throughout the locker room amongst his teammates. I mean, he's not the biggest guy in the world, and he took a beating, but you see it week in and week out. But just talk about that.
2: You know, we all, we all love Phil, and um, we just know he's got a big heart, and he loves us. You know, um, he lets us know, and he lets us know the way he plays, and he just tells us straight up that he loves us, and he loves to go to war with us. And that's why we love Phil.
0: Derek, when you look at some this, yes some of these losses, the mistakes that are being made on defense, are they attributed as much to technique as they might be to effort? Where do you kind of see them, some of those issues kind of being on that
2: line? I'd say it's more technique. Um, honestly, our guys are playing hard, and that's why I'm proud of our team because, you know, we, we are. We're playing hard, and that's why we're not getting blown out in these games. You know, it's, it's not just a blowout because we're, we're playing hard, and that's one of the things about our defense is we will come at you and we will play hard.
0: It doesn't necessarily apply this week with the kickoff time, you guys have had several real late-night kickoffs. You're going to get one in a couple weeks to go to Washington State. As a player, do you care if you start playing at 8.45 Mountain time? Does it affect your guys' uh, you know, lead-up to the game or your mental approach at all?
2: In terms of playing the game, personally, it doesn't affect me, and I don't think it affects most guys. But in terms of afterwards, you know, you just you don't like having to get home at 6 in the morning. That's not always fun. But uh, in terms of playing the game, it's, it doesn't have a big impact.
4: Thanks. Uh, questions for Phil Lindsey. So it was probably hard to think about this on Saturday night, but has it sunk in yet? The all-purpose yards uh, record here at CU. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't really took that much time to really think about it. Like I said, I, I'm thinking about trying to get this win, get back on track. Uh, we have a good opportunity to go go, uh, you know, somewhere and. And uh, get back on track, you know, and uh, that's 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 where my mind is right now.
1: Phil, after a career high forty-one carries, I guess my first question is, can you remember the last time you carried the rock forty-one times in a game?
4: Oh uh, yeah, I never never uh, carried the rock no forty-one times.
1: <laughs> Not even in Pee Wee or.
4: Nah, nah.
1: So how do you feel today compared to other games when you carried it 20 times? Any different? Did it take longer to recover?
4: Uh, I mean, I feel the same. I feel the same. I'm ready. Ready for another week. Uh, Like I said, it comes down to a mindset. It's it's a mental thing. And uh, when you're out there and you're doing it not just for yourself, but for your teammates, for your family, for your state, uh, I mean, you, you you, you have a little bit more energy and stuff like that. And so, for me, the thing is, the key is for me to just continue to do what I've always done, try to stay healthy. And that's just working on my body. Uh, I mean, I, every, like, depending, you no, know, it never, like, no matter what, I work on my body throughout the week, at least six hours a day, uh, just rehabbing and stuff like that. So, for me, it's nothing new. So,
3: you talk about how valuable Bo Bishrat was in that game. Yeah. Uh, so, you didn't it 49 times. Yeah. <laughs> so it and how valuable he's, he
4: could be going forward. No, yeah. Uh Bo, I'm proud of Bo. He's finally getting getting in there, getting his touches. He's starting to get more comfortable. Uh he'll probably see a lot more more carries coming up now. Uh, so it's exciting. It's exciting. I'm proud of him. And uh you know, we're close, close running back group, and you know, Bo's come a long way. And to see see, you know, him out there uh producing, getting first downs, uh, you know. It's, it's a it's a great feeling, and it, it shows that he's ready to play. Bill,
0: these first six games, I think you guys are averaging a little over 7.8 penalties per game, which is yeah. high for McIntyre. How much is that ad- addressed? Is it, you guys kind of focus on what you want to do moving forward, and how do you work on eliminating those
4: penalties? Yeah, I mean, it's just the little things. It's just about discipline. That's what it comes down, down to with certain things. But, I mean, in a game, you're going to get penalties. You know, it's just every play could be a penalty, honestly. You do, You just hope that it doesn't – go bounce your way where you get all the, all the penalties. But for us, it's about doing the little things right, and that's what's been stopping us from, from uh, you know, winning these games so far It's just little things having it bounce our way. But when you do the little things right, things bounce your way.
3: Phil, so from talking to your teammates this week, it seems like probably more than ever this season, it's very much a one-week-at-a-time mentality right yeah. now. Have you noticed that from your group?
4: It's always been like that, even last year. Yeah, you know, like, that's what y'all don't understand. Like, it's, it's, it's always it's about Colorado. It's about the next opponent. It's college football, like I've said before. Any, any given day, someone could be beaten. And so you've got to prepare, like, it's, it's, one, it's your last last game ever playing because you never know when it's going to be your last. And, two, got to prepare, like, you're going in there uh, like it's a championship, period. That, that, if you go in there like that, then you'll, you'll win games and you'll compete and everything else.
1: Phil, you lead by the way you play. Mm. You lead by the words you say to the team like yeah. you did after the game. You lead by the six hours a day you work on your
4: body yeah. after
1: a tough game. Where does that come from? Where, where do those leadership skills come from? Where did you learn that?
4: Uh, I think it's just in my family, my father. My father is a big reason to why I do the things I do today. There's not a day that goes by I don't think about what my father would do in certain situations. I mean, he had five kids, all five of us, hard-haired kids, and we've lived a hard life at, at times. And it was like he could have easily walked out on us. He could have easily left left, left us with, with our mom, but he didn't. He stayed by our side. And even when stuff wasn't going right, he made sure it looked like it wasn't going – like make like, sure it was going right. Even though it, deep down inside he was probably scrambling, thinking what he was going to do to, you know, to help support us at times. But we, we never had – he's never – we have never had to look at our father, and he's never had no doubt, doubt in his face that he wasn't going to be there for us. And that's how I, I feel like for, for my teammates and everything else is. At the, at the lowest times, that's what you've got to be, be there the most. Any, anytime you're winning and stuff, everything is always going good. Everything looks good. You go, go on about your day. But when you lose and you've got to sit there and you've got to look at your teammates and you've got to make sure that they're ready to play that next game, that's when you see true character in a man.
0: Bill, you're going against an opponent that fires their coach. And, yeah. You know, leading up to the game, has that been addressed by the coaching staff? Do you still expect to see the
4: same Oregon State team that you guys see on film? I mean, I definitely feel like they're going to play even harder. One, because you know their coach coach left, and a lot of the, a lot of them players love that love that coach. Uh, I got a couple of uh, good friends on that team too, so it's hard, and you want to. And they're going to go out there and prove. That you know, they're not the reason why the coach left and stuff like that. You know, and, and Oregon State's a talented team. They're they're a physical team, and they're gonna they're gonna give it their all. No no team's just gonna go out there and say hey, we're gonna get our butts worked. Like every team wants to win. Every team wants to prove that, you know, they're they're ready to play.
0: Really inspiring performance uh, watching you on Saturday.
4: Appreciate it.
0: How much uh, is your performance, the run game in general for CU, uh, related to the alignments where they put the tight end yeah. running, you know, heavy lineup.
4: Exactly. Stuff like that. Uh, I mean, it's very important to get the tight ends involved, like we have. George Fraser, uh, Chris Bounds, uh, Pablowski, all the, all them, the, them them boys up the, up front are, are playing ball. And you know, you for, for especially for George Frazier, he's coming from offense to defense, and he's coming from fire playing maybe 10, 11 snaps on offense to playing 50 snaps on offense and then turn around and play on defense. It's very important, and they're, and they're a big, big reason why we was able to do what we did uh, Saturday. Any more questions for Phil? Yeah. Thank you, Phil. All right, thank you guys. You guys have a good day. I you. Coach, you want
5: to open us up here? Uh, yes. Um, you know... Uh, I uh, was stunned yesterday when I, uh, one of the coaches, showed me a tweet that Gary Anderson had resigned. I've known Gary for a long time. Um, we were he was at Utah State when I was at Santa Jose State, and he rebuilt the Utah, Utah State program, and then he went to Wisconsin. Um, at the same time, I came here, um, and uh, just have known him for a long time, uh, and just think the world of him, and so. Um, I think he's a, a – everything uh, I've ever been around him, every time I've been around him, every time I've seen him deal with his teams, he's been just a, a, a great uh, person, um, excellent coach, and uh, um, I know that uh, it's hard to rebuild something, and I don't know anything that happened, um, but I do wish he was still there. Um, and uh, so uh, – and we actually exchanged texts yesterday. Um, he said, I guess I won't see you Saturday. <laughs> And we talked about a few other things on text, um, just mainly there for him and um, thinking about him. So, uh, uh, and then our our team um, uh, has to bounce back from the the game Saturday. That was a, uh, I think I said it once before, fun game to watch as a spectator, gut wrenching game um, for a, uh, I think both coaches till the very end, <laughs> till you end up being the winning team. Um, so, uh, and uh, that was a tough loss, and. I, Definitely our kids, I don't think, I don't know, they've definitely practiced really well. They've bounced back, um, and now we've got to go on the road and um, uh, win a game, which would be a little bit different environment um, and uh, um, going in there um, with all the situation going on. So I'll take any questions at this time.
0: Matt, just following up on Gary a little bit, part of his uh, dismissal from the program, I guess, was waiving the rest of his guaranteed contract Mm -hmm. money You've known the guy for a while. He has a
5: reputation for being a great guy. Does that surprise you? Have you ever seen a coach do that when he's left? Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, he, I, he had to do what he thought he needed to do, I guess, on that situation. Um, but as hard as your families work, as hard as you have to work, you move your families around. Um, my kids went to multiple high schools, multiple moves, multiple anything. Um, that'd be really hard for me to ever think about doing um, when you work as hard as you can your whole career. Um, and uh, I, I don't know what happened, but I, they didn't give him enough time at Oregon State. Um, they were really down when he got there. And uh, Coach Riley had done a great job there, but it was dwindling as Coach Riley and he left. and There, there wasn't a lot of players there. And they, their, their, their material has improved. I mean, I know, I mean, we've played them the last couple of years, oh, every year. And uh, we've played them the last couple of years, and they've gotten better. They've got good running backs. Their line's gotten better. They've gotten better talent at receiver. they got a freshman receiver that's making plays. they got freshman secondary guys making plays. So I see their talent getting better, and I see them getting better from their first game this year to now, um, not just because we're playing them. They've gotten better, and they played some really good teams uh, too. So um, uh, I don't know, of course, but I, I definitely think he should still be there. And what he did at Utah State when he went there <laughs> – and how he turned that around and how he did at Wisconsin. Um, and then he wanted to get back. He liked the area from what he told me when we talked. You know, you came back and he said, yeah, I like Corvallis. I like that area. I like the West Coast. I know how to recruit that area. I feel at home. I'm comfortable. I could just see in his voice and everything that he wanted to do that he wanted to be successful there. And I, think, I do think if they would have given him enough time, um, he would have been successful because he's done it other places.
1: You talked about the team – Bouncing back? Have you ever been around? I'm assuming that's a skill for a team. Um, have you ever been around teams that had trouble bouncing back after tough losses? And what's it um, say about your team
5: that they have? Uh, yes, I have had teams that um, kind of lost hope. Mm-hmm. Um, do not think this team has even got close to losing hope. I think this team has just gotten mad, um, and uh, um, that's a good emotion when you when you push it the correct way. And you, so what we've told them is you don't just get mad and say to get go out there and be all hyped up you have to put it, you have to put your your energy and your emotions into your preparation and we all know you can go Well, it's no use I'm not going to do this as good you we do that everybody I think has that nature in them but or you can say hey I'm gonna do this harder I'm gonna be more focused I'm gonna study more I'm gonna practice more I'm gonna ask more questions I'm gonna get more sleep I'm gonna get more rest um, and uh, that's what I've seen these guys do um, which me to me is the leadership is doing that the senior leadership um, and when a team feels hopeless, then the senior leadership really doesn't do that all the time. You know, it's, they don't practice right. They're not focused. They're coming late to meetings. That's not happening. They're there early. They're asking questions. They're coming by the office. So all of that shows you they they still believe.
4: Coach, uh, getting back to excuse me, Coach Anderson. Yeah. Uh, this week. Uh, does that at all complicate your
5: team's uh, planning? I know they can't make wholesale changes on the fly, but do you expect new wrinkles? Is there an emotional aspect that you might have to brace for? I, I do expect emotional aspect um, as far as I do know their players like Gary Anderson. So I think they're going to come out and play in a way of thanking Gary. Um, and uh, I, I know a lot of the guys on his staff that are um, have been with him and know him well and, and believe in him. So um, I think they'll have an extra energy on that side of it for sure. Um, And then at the same time, um, they kind of have nothing to lose in a way, even as a staff. So you can take more gambles, you can take more risk, I would imagine. So we got to be ready for that. So hopefully if they do those type of things, we're prepared enough to take advantage of it if if we can make a play on it. So um, you do think about those type of things. Um, Because I've gone against teams before where this has happened, and as an assistant coach and head coach, and – um, you know, there was a little bit, um, different atmosphere, a little bit more energy at the beginning of it.
3: I fear a run defense, obviously, you know, what Khalil did the other day, uh-huh. overall this season, um, especially up the middle, you guys have given up some yards up the middle. Uh what kind of things can you guys do to show up that run defense, especially with a, with a team I've State you know several good running backs?
5: Yeah, they, they're, they're big and powerful runners, um, and, uh, they've run b- the ball well at times, Um, uh, for sure. You know, we're going to have to fit it up better, um, be more stout inside, hold the point a little bit better. Um, we've been working on that. Um, and, uh, you know, you're going to have to tackle those big guys. Um, we've got to get them on the ground. That's easier said than done. Um, so, you know, we've been working on that, uh, that area in there at, at times. Um, but, you know, we've, you know, till you know, Washington kind of got us going in the second half a little bit. Um, after they got up again on us. Uh, but before that, it, they, it wasn't, you know, they had the one one run. But, the, you know, the second half, nine, got Gaskins got going. Um, but besides that, we haven't had a ton of, you know, until the other night. And that really wasn't inside runs. That was him, it's clogged up, I'm going to go the other way and make a guy miss and go to the house. Um, yeah, we need to do a better job coaching it. We need to do a better job on our angles. Um, uh but their running backs didn't just gaseous inside. Um, you know, the only time we really had that happen was Gaskins um, in the second half there, and he did. Um, so hopefully we can fit it up right and, and, and do it. Um, we'll see. But they, they do have two. Well, they got three really big backs, um, but, uh, you know, um, they are, are powerful. You know, Ryan Nall going to be back, and, uh, Thomas Tyner is a big back that was at Oregon. You know, they're they're over 230 pounds. That's big for a back, and they can run. So I, I definitely think they'd def, definitely pound us and try to do some things with those guys um, attacking us. I agree with you, and we've got to be ready for it. Coach,
0: uh, number 14 has 13 heads. You guys here, 11 of them gone for first downs, and I think five off, third downs. Do quarterbacks develop a, a comfort level or a safety valve that they just – On third downs or on on plays like that, that they start
5: looking for somebody specifically? I think a lot of times it's dictated by the coverage and different things that we're we're doing. Um, And, uh, you know, he's been in the opportune spot and sometimes to make some plays doing that. And uh, he has a knack um, for being able to read the linebacker and read the coverage uh, from being a former quarterback. So I think there's a connection there on that. And uh, Chev and Brian have done a good job of getting some um, that isolated on some situations that helped us.
1: I don't know what's been said that hasn't been said about <laughs> Phil Lindsay this time yeah. here in yeah. Colorado. But wow. you know, his performance on Saturday, 41 carries a career high, uh, then addressing the team in the locker room after the game, and then he told us earlier that he spends six hours a day in between games on his body to get ready to play again. Have you ever been around a player who leads so well in so many different
5: ways? Uh, I have been around one other guy, David Quisenberry, who played for us at San Jose, who's playing for the Houston Texans now. That You all know his story of battling cancer. He was the same way. Um, both guys were similar in a ways. They um, had great family backgrounds, they had great ambition, they were excellent, um, You know, just work ethic, and, and nothing was ever given to them easily. They had to earn it all. So they learned all the work ethic, and they knew the amount of time and power you had to put it, and they never took it for granted. You know, sometimes when it comes really easy, you kind of go, well, I can, you know, it's just one game. No, they don't want to miss one game, one play, one rep, one anything. And uh, I think that's, you know, that's kind of what everybody calls the chip on your shoulder or the extra motivation. That, what, that's, to me, what makes anybody um, excel past what other people do. They just right. go, God, that guy's a little crazy. Yeah, because it means so much to him because of what they've had to do to get there they're not going to relinquish it and that's what I see uh, with, with Phil um, and uh, you know he's, um, he's he's an amazing young man and an um, excellent excellent player and uh, you can you know you can always count on him you can that's always count the kind on
1: the stuff that has to resonate with his teammates
5: oh it definitely has to resonate with his teammates and they see him doing it and they see him pushing and going and um, and you know he's he's a um, guy that Everybody can get along with too. He's not aloof. He's not egotistical. He's a down-to-earth guy, and I think that also helps him be a really good um, leader, because anybody can relate with him and communicate with him, and he has time for anybody, um, which is special. Mike, looking at kind
0: of just the statistics for the half point. Halfway point of the season here. You guys are averaging like seven point eight penalties per game, which would be the highest in your tenure here. Yep. How much do you address that with your team when you look at what you guys need to do to move forward, and what are the ways that you decrease penalties? <laughs> uh, you
5: know, the, the, some of our penalties were our aggressive penalties, um, and uh, you got to teach them parameters of the, where the sideline is. Um, you know, targeting situations, as we well know, are up all over the place. Um, that's something we work and coach on. So the aggressive ones, you have to curtail and show them, but you don't want to curtail the aggression, or therefore you're, it, it's a fine line. Um, you know, our offsides penalties or our holding penalties, um, those are – Things you can keep coaching, and you you do really. I mean, we discipline them on the late hits. There's no doubt, um, but the holding and the offsides, those type of things, they got to know if the guy's going away from them, you, got to let them go. Um, you know, offsides is just paying attention, you know, and understanding in the heat of the moment what what's going on. Um, so those types you can um, curtail. Uh, also, some of the guys making some of those penalties. Um, you know, some of them, the off they've never played major college football before, and uh, that's been tough. You usually kind of go through a few things. That's um, not an excuse, that's just the way it is, and we got to fix that. You're right, you know, we've um, had the least amount of penalties in the history of the school before. I've had the least amount of penalties in the history of San Jose State. So we teach it, we do it, it's a fundamental thing. We go over, we discipline, we work on. Um, and then sometimes, um, you know, they're making the right calls, they're doing things. Sometimes it's kind of like speeding. You get caught and, you, you know, and, and, and sometimes you don't get caught. And I, I don't mean that negative or positive. It's just kind of the way it works out. So we do need to cut down on the offsides and the holding penalties. If, if we can knock those down, um, then we'll go. And I, and I think those kids that made some of those late hits, our guys have, haven't played before as much, they, they kind of understand where to go, where to target. They're getting a better feel for that. Um, and so I would, I would say we would drastically cut down on the last half of the year I'd be extremely disappointed if we don't.
3: Coach, was going into the Arizona game, was getting into more third and short situations a big part of the game plan? Because the week before at UCLA, you were in third and nine on average.
5: Yeah, um, we were able to, uh, you know, in the the second half against UCLA, um, kind of found our running groove, so to speak, and were able to um, do that um, and do that. um, You know, another thing that got us in some little bit more third and shorts was, um, like I said, i said it before, um, I realized after a little while, um, which was pretty obvious, um, and we tried to do everything we could, we were going to have a hard time tackling Tate. It was just one of those nights he was just on fire. It's kind of like a guy in a basketball game, just got, you just can't stop him. Um, I told the offense, I said, it's four down territory the whole way down. I don't care if we have to punt it from the 22-yard line. we got to go score and keep the ball away from them and keep them on the bench. And so that created more third down and shorts because we now instead of us maybe throwing it on second and ten or second and nine, we ran it again. Or we threw a short pass and we were utilizing all four downs. So that created a few more of those. Um, And that's something we'll do in some other games too um, as we go. Um, But uh, in that situation, I felt like that was the only way to handle him, and we didn't handle him good enough, but that was the only way to handle him was to try to keep him on the bench as long as we could.
3: The other thing about the offense. And
5: make sure we scored. We had to score every time.
3: The other thing about the offense. And yes.
5: I think if we would have stopped him on the last one, on those two-third downs, I think we would have scored again. But <laughs> we didn't.
3: Last thing about the offense is big plays down the field. Stevens mm-hmm. deep ball accuracy has certainly been, I would imagine, an area of concern for you guys last year. 16 plays in 2016 of over 40 yards or longer this year uh-huh. is that something that you guys are working on and
5: Steve yeah said- um, we are working on it um, we uh, had a couple we missed um, we had a couple that I thought we had and they barely made the play right at the last bit they made a couple of good plays Their secondary did um, and uh, I definitely think that that's something we'll end up hitting um, and you know we tried a few and didn't connect on a few and Um, When you do, it makes a a big difference. That's something we definitely need to to hit on.
0: Mike, it's not an issue this week, but in two weeks, you got the 8.45 p.m. kickoff on the West Coast. I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, about these late kicks. Um, This has been an issue that's kind of gotten brought up again. Chris Peterson was vocal about these late kickoff times. I'm wondering in terms of solutions, what the Pac-12 could do to alleviate this kind of thing. Have you guys talked amongst yourselves as coaches in terms of What could be done to to prevent prevent having
3: so many of these
5: late games? Uh, Yeah, we have talked with the uh, Pac-12 when we have our meetings in in May and in the summer um, at the Pac-12 meetings. Uh, We've brought it up. Uh, Again, um, you sign contracts with television and they own you. That's basically the answer. Um, Now, uh, you know, we've talked about different things. You know, there's the – the new NCAA rule that if you get back in after 5 in the morning, you technically can't take that day off. You have to practice. So I went and petitioned this summer the NCAA through the Pac-12 and everybody else. I said, well, that's ludicrous um, because if we, um, we got back in at 6.15 in the morning from our trip from Southern Cal, we're not going to get back in until 7 or so in the morning. So you're going to tell me, y'all go back and sleep for five or six hours and then come back and practice football? To me, that's, in, um, that's not for the wellness of the athlete or the student. So we give them Sunday off. We wrote a waiver. We sent in a waiver to the PAC. I did it all this summer. I met with all the PAC-12 coaches, explained it, and they go, yeah, you're the one school. could happen to Utah, but they're a little bit closer time-wise and flight-wise than we are. We'll never get in before 5 a.m. in the morning. Um, so we take Sunday off. My Monday is a just a walk through and a meeting. I mean, we lose a day of practice anyway, and so um, we have to work on that and understand that and do our play. So, you know, we think about that beforehand. I think about the next game, how much I'm going to practice, how much I'm going to have on the feet, because that'll wear you out. And you play a hard game, you get off the field at really 12 o'clock your time. You get on and you fly all the way back, and then you bust. You bust to the airport. I mean, because we're going to have to bus, you know, to the airport, then from you got to, you know, from. Pullman, I mean, uh, yeah, all the way to our airports, Another an hour, then an hour from our airport. I mean, so it's really hard travel. Um, and so um, we've petitioned that. NCAA has granted it because they understand our situation. And um, so that's uh, uh, how we do that. So, yeah, it is tough, but that's just part of it. That's, that's part of it. Um, and uh, we understand that teams that come here, they don't have it as bad because they lose an hour going back. It's a little bit different for them.
0: Um, just follow up on that, what's the impact you think on possibly recruiting um, when you're talking about these games? I don't know how much you know you guys are going to do on the East Coast or in that time zone, but you've got a lot of kids who maybe aren't going to stay up and watch your
5: games. Right. Um, uh, it's hard to stay up when it's kicking off. If we're kicking off at 845 Pacific, that's what, 1140? Is it? 1045. or. On East Coast because it's yeah. yeah. So... Uh, uh, you know that makes it tough for people to, to watch as much on the East Coast, but um, ESPN knows what they're doing. Uh, they get the fans, they get the commercials they want, they make the money they want, and we understand that's how that works. And love being, uh, love us being on ESPN. I mean, um, so that's a good, that's a good plug for us recruiting too, and especially in the West Coast and 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 our time zone, the Mountain Time Zone, it will be a plus for recruiting.
1: Like after what happened on Saturday. Oregon State's quarterback, Gerritson, I'm he's yep. your starter, isn't nearly the athlete Tate is or the runner, but they have a guy, Seth Collins, who used to play quarterback, who was a pretty dynamic athlete. Do you expect to see a team like Oregon State try to copy at least a little bit what the Arizona team?
5: Um Yeah, I would think they would. Yeah. I would think they would. And uh, we've been practicing for that. So I, I think they would. Yeah. So we've, we're going to practice for him being at quarterback some and running around. I would if I was them when we couldn't tackle the guy.
3: Follow-up on that big play. Steven was talking about how frustrating it has been that he hasn't been able to get the deep ball down. And he was uh-huh. saying it's really hard to rep that because you don't want to burn the receiver out <coughs> or burn your arm out. Is that one of the harder things to rep as a quarterback?
5: Um, yeah, um, and we've been reping it. We rep it and um, do it in different ways. Um, of course, we'll do a full-speed rep, then we'll do a rep where the receiver's already down the field about 35 yards, and then he's speeding up at the end. And then we do stationary rep where they're trying to throw in a trash can or hit a certain spot that type of thing. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the main thing is, you know, if they're open, just get it to them, you know, and, uh, don't try to lead them, just get it to them. And, uh, so, um, and he has plenty of arm strength. That's, that might be the situation. Sometimes he has too much arm strength. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, it, they'll end up getting it. I, you know, of course it's frustrating. That we haven't gotten it as many times as we'd like so far, but I definitely believe we will. And when we will, it, it'll open up even more.
0: Uh, Coach, could you talk about the uh, play of the offensive line last week and mm-hmm. will we see the same starting
5: lineup? Uh, I thought the offensive line played better, um, you know, uh, and I thought they did some good things. You know, the first play of the game was really a uh, – um, they came off the edge. It was technically – our guy kicked him out. We, you know, So it, there was a sack on the first play, but um, that was a little bit um, – wasn't like a guy just got beat. It was kind of a scheme situation. So uh, they um, – uh, but I think they played better. Uh, and, yeah, we should have the same five out there unless we have some type of injury this week. Hopefully we don't. Anything else for Coach? Thanks Thank you.
4: Coach.
5: Thank you.